John Worley. We're about to get into the second half of the interview with Jay Wilkinson for our episode one. Wanted to give another special thanks to El Bujo Cosmico, Duck Armstrong, for doing all the original music for the podcast. And I also wanted to thank you, the listener, for turning some people on, uh, getting the steam going here at the podcast, um, and really just uh, giving more support to the art community in DFW. All right, so here is the rest of the interview. Thanks. placement in yeah and uh grab some beers why not right uh so i wanted to take some time and get some plugs in so what shows are coming up what do you have planned oh okay perfect um so next is um even though our little group is called bobby and drums there's bobby the, the show bobby and drums um is gonna happen that's kind of how we met last year was like a big installation show and um this year it's gonna happen again and uh, it's cool because this year we're doing a lot of like stuff with Dallas, so it's gonna be some nice mm. Dallas artists in there. Like Riley will be in it, Jeremy's gonna be in it, um, Trout Shoes, Meaty Fingers, maybe even Carlos. Well, I've got a I've got a Trout Shoes piece. Like yeah, it. yeah, he's great. And so we're trying to get um, even also, uh, you know. So hopefully Carlos, maybe Sour Grapes, the whole crew will be in yeah. if we can get it. Um, but you know, it's gonna be just like last year, large scale installations fun night you know uh individual sales and works you know what i mean and then music all night pretty much so about how many artists um right now we have 10 to 12 um installation guys there'll probably be uh 20 more uh private you know small works guys you know um and by small works i just mean anything that's not an installation that can be carried off you know Mm -hmm. And then they'll and then musicians. So and probably we'll do like four to five bands or musicians kind of involved. So it'll be like, it'll be a fun show. I mean, it's not that many people, but the whole point is that it's all massive and interesting and like you know, you know. So it'll be good. So uh, when when's the date? What's oh May twenty eighth? And there's actually a private night the night before that you can either win tickets to or get selected to go to. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing that? Uh, we're gonna put a little contest on our website. The website's not built yet, <laughs> so pay attention. It's coming, you know. And uh, and then and and then we might have a few little giveaways or maybe VIP kind of things, you know. Cool. So, mm-hmm. And at shipping, at shipping receiving, mm-hmm. May twenty eighth. Be cool. Fun. Anything else coming up? You got any um, projects, solo, otherwise? Uh, no, no, nothing major. I have I have some work I'm doing in Dallas. I'm doing the Nation Star Mortgage Company out in Dallas, and they're like a uh, a large scale mortgage company that has their whole building kind of Facebooked and Googled out with a bunch of different artists. So I'm doing that this month, and then um, that's I mean that's that's I mean pretty much I have nothing planned in, until after this big Bobby and drums because it was kind of crazy, and then. Well, who knows? We'll see what happens next. Is uh, art full time for you? Almost. <laughs> almost. Almost. almost made the I still work every Monday bartending and shipping and receiving. So what? on Mondays we watch movies. 
Oh, it's nice. Movie Monday every uh, Yeah, Monday. you've been showing some stuff. Yeah, we just like... show whatever, you know. Uh, we're going to start doing some comedies. Yeah. Uh, I want to do Dirty Work this week. Dirty Work, Dirty Work. That uh, Norm MacDonald. <laughs> oh, yeah, where he's got the thumb up the ass of that chihuahua the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that movie is it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Saigon Horror bit my nose off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that one. Mm-hmm. Love that one. So we're going to do that one. And then, I don't know what next. You know. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're going to be in that record shop. Or oh, yeah, record the record show, show. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have a date for that right now. I'll post that on my website. Or I'm excited about that show. Facebook. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, that guy, I guess, I mean, he's been selling records. Uh, uh, Brian Holland. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember their name. It's like HD, no, what is it? High Def lo-fi or something cool uh, something record something sort of I like kind of the name that's cool yeah I hope it's similar to what I'm trying to remember you know actually I totally forgot you and me are both in a show together the $100 show oh yeah so during Fan Fest which is the big food art Fan music Fest, festival yeah. uh, that's the 23rd of April we're oh, gonna yeah. do there's, they're gonna be a large show with 100 artists for $100 and under so okay. it's like a nice easy trade buy like collect kind of a show for anybody who can't afford that's great. Pay big money, you know. Yeah, I, I love shows like that. I think you know, people think, oh, I can't afford a piece of art, and no, yeah, it's not true. Can. Yeah, for sure, you know, and 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 it's never too early to start buying things. And there's a lot of opportunities where you can get on, you know, a level and just buy like a, you know, a nice cheap piece of work, and then it can mean a lot later, you know. Yeah, it's interesting that um, maybe I don't know if it has necessarily just gone downhill, but like collecting and seeing art as an investment maybe it goes hand in hand with what we were talking about it being you know super conceptual and sort mm-hmm. of the product wasn't technically executed and it maybe it's not even a product maybe it's a you know a, a happening or something that occurred and you had to be there for it but um yeah i, I think people sort of got distant from art and yeah now yeah. it's coming back you can i mean it. there's you know it's weird is because it got Got heady, I guess, a little bit. It got kind of the point where it's like you're supposed to purchase this because you know you're told to purchase this, and not necessarily because you love it. And you know what I mean. And that, and that's silly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, art can be an investment, and you should look for those opportunities. But at the same time, you know, buy the work that you love. You know, buy something that makes you feel alive, that you feels interesting to you, that you're happy with. You know what I mean? And then and then hopefully that should follow. You know. So you being a comic book guy, what do you think of work that is mm, illustrative? No, like I'm saying, straight ripped from the comic pages, oh, like fa- yeah. fan art essentially. Yeah, sold fan art. As, yeah, yeah. As as, as art. fully finished art. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's hard because I mean, it's pop culture, right? You know, and like uh, it's kind of a part of pop culture. You know, I think um, I think don't. I mean, like yeah, you can rip it. You know, and and that's that can be cool, but. You know, I think a lot of the a lot of the concept of like uh, pretenders or uh, um, or uh, not pretenders, but guys who are kind of being um, who are trying to make a dollar based on just kind of a straight move. Um, that's that can be hard because um, you can you know I, mean, I don't know it's it's like it's like nothing in the world is is not worth using, but at the same time you know you don't want nobody wants to it's like back to everything else you don't want to just take away because. First off, as an artist, there's no fun in that. You yeah. know, there's no value in that. It's not interesting. You know, like you have a voice. This is your chance. You know, whatever you make, 
you can say something. You can say anything you want, you know. So don't be afraid to just, you know. I don't know. Why would you want to do that? That's no fun, you know? know. Like it's like, why would you want to just steal direct, you know? And I never, I never really ever fault the, um, the artist themselves. Like, right. I mean, they're they're culpable, but. To me, it's the person. All right, so they wouldn't make it if there wasn't an audience and there wasn't a market for it. So one hundred percent, I get that. Like, oh, well, the people want it. You know, I, 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 why can't I be the person that supplies it? I guess that's sort of the mentality. But I don't know. It, it's just if you're gonna use Batman, use him in a way that's different than it being just a film still or a comic book page frame lifted, mm-hmm. and then you're doing it. In a painting, like to me, doing it in a different medium and doing it at a different scale doesn't that doesn't push you. Doesn't on mean the you're other different side. enough. Yeah, right. yeah. And I get you, and I get you for sure. You know what I mean? And uh, um, I think that um, there is the you know like it's weird. It's weird because you know like you wanna you wanna be able to use the things that influence you. You know, and you wanna be able to like make them a part of you because that's who you are, that's where you come from. You know, and uh, um, but at the same time, you just have to find your own voice within it, you know. So like copying it directly, that's no fun, you know. Like, yeah. but but any way that you can kind of like breathe your own new life into it, or or something, you know. Like for instance, like Mike Mike Moffat, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, like Mike Moffat, like high his work is highly influenced by mm-hmm. films and movies and TVs and cartoons and everything that he likes. And then we go Nick, Nick too. Yep. Nick's art is like almost purely based on the, the stuff that he he absorbs. You know what I mean? And but, but he recycles it in such a smart and intelligent way, and they they do a good job of like putting it out there again with their own love inside of it, you know. And I think that's what you got to do. Yeah, know? Mike's interesting. Um, I mean, we talk uh, all the time because we, I live with him. So, right. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I can tell, like, you know, he he took probably a, a year of art school and I'm not again I'm not trying to say like art schools where you learn to be an artist like but for me after I completed it because I never gave a shit about what my art was about like why like it's it's art I made it so look at it I made it so yeah that's what it is that's what it is Um, so I but having the experience of like writing several theses and artist statements and I consider myself a pretty pretty good writer like just being able to logically go through the steps of presenting an argument and here's why and here's the things that I do to get that thing across um, Mike uses popular culture and he he doesn't know why I mean he'll, yeah, he would I say you. like okay I use I use this scene from this movie because it's effectual to me like I I yeah. am attuned to that feeling and that moment that moment meant something to me yeah. and I I mean, yeah, I think that's that speaks to the power of art and it speaks to the power of film um, that some image can carry a lot of weight with it. And I think part of what he is in conflict with is like, well, how do I, how do I make it mine as well and present it in a way for other people to feel it not not only in its one dimension of this being in reference to Here that it movie. Is reminding you of the moment. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think other artists fail in even getting close to that question because they are showing you uh, 
Deadpool. Right. Or Iron here Man. Yeah, or yeah, like here here's he like okay. Here's the past guy. past yeah. you knowing what that character is and the stories involved with that character, the the emotional quotient isn't there. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's totally just oh, I recognize that, I like it. Oh, I like Iron Man. There's right. a picture of Iron Man. Yeah. So yeah. to me it's like, well, we'll go buy a poster of Iron Man. Like yeah. some other artist made him and there's probably a really cool original artwork that the original artist made so why do you want to take this again yeah yeah and i get you and i i think i think that i think other than it's cheaper right that's true usually it is yeah yeah that's a good point um i think that you know like whenever it's done um whenever it's done like kind of when it's done direct it's a little bit harder more harder to love because it just feels so stolen you know what i'm saying and it feels so um, un, uninteresting. But then when there when there's kind of like a twist to it or, or something, I don't know. It's, it's hard because there's a lot of guys who use pop culture in their work and direct pop culture that I I, enjoy, I use pop culture. Know? Yeah, yeah. And I have too in the past. I mean, not so much right now, but I have in the past, you know. And, uh, um, and I grew up loving pop culture, specifically comics and stuff. So I'm not against it. Um, I think I think you just I think it's just that. Um, you have to find your own truth inside of it, sort of. You know, I don't know how you do that exactly. You know, I you have to you have to ask yourself, okay, well, why am I doing this? If I'm mm-hmm. going to use this image, all right, yeah, so, why am I doing this? You know, so I mean, I made a I made a painting last year, and it I I appropriate image all the time. Like, right. So I I took Bill Cosby like right when. Right Everything was coming out. Right when it went down, and yeah. <laughs> I, I just yeah. thought it was so interesting. Not not because you know I'm trying to demonize Bill Cosby or I'm trying to even go the other way with it, lift him up as a saint. He's not so bad. Like I definitely think did some bad stuff, but it, it was interesting to me that, and, and I think it sort of speaks to like why we have the political climate that we have. Is you know here is a man. That everybody revered and respected. Mm. At, for you're a comedian, you know Bill Cosby's like top top. Like oh yeah, he he's hilarious. Yeah. And it's now like okay, well, what do I do with all the stuff that he's done? Like, what am I supposed to not love it? Yeah, am I supposed to laugh anymore? And, yeah, yeah. And then in the moment of him, you know, all this allegations coming out, it's like okay, well, now my, my image of him is tainted. Mm-hmm. And there was a perception of him as like sort of this wizened old black man that you can sort of look up to and. He was this, uh, you know, um, icon in the community. Now he's a paragon. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it's interesting, like how the media machine works, and will just vilify. And it was before, like all of the facts came mm-hmm. out. And I know right. it's sort of been brewing. The people that knew knew, right. and he was he's a bad guy. So I mean, I used his image, put him on Christ, doing the oratorical sort of like mm-hmm. hand gestures. Um, and I've got uh, you know Tweety Bird, and I made Tweety Bird blue. Um, turned him in sort of like the Twitter yeah, icon. So right. there's a dialogue there that I tried to find between exactly, images. exactly. And I, and I like I like where you're headed because you kind of combine a lot of pop culture thoughts into trying to discover why this stuff is so you know. And it's it's also hard for us to escape the the things that like you know this kind of pop culture thing because it's just shoved down your throat nowadays oh yeah and I mean like 
if you're going to talk about the things where you come from, I mean, you know, Facebook and Twitter is where where our generation comes from, you know, or at least the generation probably right behind us because we were old. Well, you know, yeah. but I mean, uh, um, you know, so like, you know, those things are like part of it, you know, and, you know, and so you can't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, use, you know, there, there shouldn't be a reason why you should not use them, you know, and, and I think that, um, but also you have to let you want to own them and stuff. But, you know, let me, I want to say this, you know, that I'm interested in, I'm, I think it's really funny, like how, um, you were talking about Bill Cosby and I think it's really interesting. This is something I've always thought. Is like people like Bill Cosby and Woody Allen and these other artists and stuff who kind of come out as kind of assholes, you know? Right. It's weird because you don't have to hate the art. No. You don't have to. Like, you can love Woody Allen movies. You can still laugh at Bill Cosby. You know, they do terrible things and stuff. But, you know, imagine if uh, Van Gogh was a part of our <laughs> environment. You know, everybody yeah, would yeah. hate that movie. Uh, I know. Uh, everybody would have not enjoyed... Half of the artists and... Yeah, exactly. Most of the artists in the world don't aren't really necessarily good at, at you know, life. You know what I mean? So, uh, like, you know, it's more, than well, it's more than fine to enjoy someone's creation and not agree with them as a person. And that's usually something you don't have to decide because... They're so separated from you that you don't have to choose the man or the work. But um, sometimes, like Bill Cosby or Woody Allen, their stuff gets strewn out in front of everybody, and then you have to choose between their work or their art. And um, you, that's not a choice that you have to make, I don't think. You know what I mean? I think it's fine to laugh at Bill Cosby, and it's fine to enjoy Woody Allen movies, and it's fine to, um, you know, like root for the guys who even if they don't seem like they're the kind of person you enjoy there's something about the about the their understanding of the world that that made them and also too like how do you understand how do you understand what it's like to be that person you know what I mean and I don't know it's just like I'm not trying to I'm not defending Bill Cosby at all no you know but at the same time like there's a separation well no you're right and that separation is fine to exist you know because it's not you know well, I mean, it's just a dangerous way of thinking. Right. Uh, I mean, if you can, you imagine if Coppola would have done what he did now? Like Hollywood still is sort of in love with Coppola, mm-hmm. right? Even after you know the attempted or no a successful rape of a fourteen-year-old in a jacuzzi, exactly. like, and I mean, he's hiding in France, and it's like. Well, he's a criminal here. Like, why aren't you extraditing him? So, whatever. Yeah, but people still buy his wine, and they drink it, and they love it, and they associate yeah. his movies, and Godfather's important, and yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, so, yeah, exactly. It's and, and, and I think that it's what's weird is that, like, that's where you have to draw a line. And, you know, it's funny, because there's also other things that aren't the same as as a horrible crime, like Coppola or Bill Cosby committed, like, for instance, Dalton Trumbo. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, and, I haven't seen that movie, by the way. But it's a really good movie. But but even him and a lot of other guys and a lot of other actors and stuff were blacklisted and treated horribly because they were they were seen as socialists. Right. You know I mean, during the you know the Cold War, and and they were treated like criminals. But their art shouldn't shouldn't be affected. And you know what's crazy is they just kept making art and they kept people kept buying it because it was good enough, you know. And so, um, it's it's hard to judge someone art based on their quality of life because life is a whole lot harder sometimes than art and art is literally the antithesis of life or it's the uh, reaction to life or something you know what I mean yeah you know? I'll agree with that and yeah, so sometimes they're trying to create something to escape and they're 
So you can't judge their day to day. It's really hard. I mean, I don't know. How do you do that? You know? Well, I think it's just dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Because there's, all, you know, there's a lot of creative people who make really beautiful stuff. You know well, what I'm saying? You know? I mean, even definitely with the, the creative side of it, but like just people being able to judge from afar, but also collectively like it's the mob mentality we've just been able to mm-hmm. you know mobilize it or um, oh yeah not even mobilize just to assemble it because I think it's the biggest problem with like it's why Trump is successful but it's also why right Bernie is a is a success mm-hmm. but not to the degree that will probably get him elected right oh, it, it, yeah, like tragically there's, there's tons of people behind him but right now it's like it's prospective. Like where Trump people actually go and vote, and I mean they got sort of like a stacked deck. Where if you look at the, you know, denial of entry in Arizona or New Mexico, mm-hmm. um, but people online can voice their opinion no matter how uh, unworthy it is to even be listened to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, it just and it usually those guys are the loudest anyway, you know. All right, and yeah, I, it's it's simultaneously something that we've. We've enabled and we give power to. Like mm-hmm. it's like okay, well, we don't have to listen to Nancy from uh, Wisconsin about this and that. Like, but she voiced her opinion and that pissed off somebody, and now it's this whole uh, comment uh, thread on YouTube or Reddit now. And mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's this whole thing, and and I, it's it's interesting because um, I heard this really cool. I wish I could remember because uh, since I'm on the podcast and it's not nice to not remember but I heard a TED talk from a guy and he was talking about um, the idea that like a long time ago there was only there was a certain kinds of communication there was either direct communication where there was TV and you and with direct communication you could reach you know a large amount of people or there was like um, um, I get no I guess that was broad broad communication I'm sorry I switched them Direct was more like being on the phone. Right. So it's a yeah. back and forth. So you can have a conversation with someone direct, you know, like on a phone, or you could reach them through radio or TV with a broad blast. You know what I mean? Or news but it was only one way. You know what I mean? So it was right. either two way or one way there. But now there is broad two way. So there's, you, there's the yeah. ability to communicate massively and then them communicate back. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, such like a crazy that. new world of advertising or understanding of everything. So. You know, like that's that's just massive. Well, in watching its own the sense, news, you know? like Clarice Tinsley is up there on uh, what what channel is she on? Five, eight. <laughs> yeah, <whatever>. she's got <laughs> an, an iPad in her in her hand. She's got like an interactive TV behind her. Exactly she's on my she's TV. She's constantly. She's got a ticker feed of like all these freaking Facebook posts and comments. It's like I don't care what these people. think. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, but you I know, don't what's, care. What's crazy is that. Um, like that's the that's where the money and power comes for people like Facebook and Google and stuff. Yeah, is data their lining. crowdsourcing? You know what I mean? Like and, and understanding, yeah, data lining. Yeah, like you said, like understanding where everybody's interested in different you know things. And and so the voices are are based on the people who want to speak. And I would say that most of the time, the people who want to speak aren't the most intelligent people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So there's. It's a crazy narcissism. Yeah, there is a narcissism to wanting to state your opinion or throw it around. <laughs> social media or in the world you know and and, and an, uh, another book i keep going back to is marshall McLuhan's uh the medium is the massage and he he envisioned like and he wrote this in like the 60s and 
he envisioned you know communication electrical signals being able to go worldwide and communication being worldwide wow um and he sort of optimistically saw our society becoming a worldwide village essentially so yeah that's true but it's done almost the exact opposite. It's, yeah, it's kind of negative. It's, yeah, it's brought us together, but we've all isolated. Um, That's true. That's there, cool. That's I was I well. That. I was listening to um, what's his name, Grade A under A or uh, something like that. He's a YouTuber guy, and, and I wouldn't have found it. Like it's about the magic of internet and like the tragedy of it. Is like yeah. I find such great stuff on it. So anyway, he was saying like all the stuff that's wrong with YouTube. And there's all these reaction videos, quote-unquote, reaction videos to videos of other people's content. It kind of mm-hmm. goes back to the copycat thing. Right. So there's people online. They'll take a whole video, shrink it to the right bottom right corner, and then have a video of them reacting to it. And they'll say a few words every, you know, like for a five-minute video, the guy that I was watching, Grade A, he said... The guy reacting to his video said a total of, I think, seven words. Yeah. Like, that's not reacting. and But no. the guy is getting thousands. like Thousands of hits. Thousands and thousands of views and therefore getting money from it. Um, and so so through watching all this, I, I come across a guy who had his videos pulled because he – made a channel basically about crushing things with boots it's, <laughs> it's a fetish thing yeah and very weird and then yeah. he got his all the stuff pulled because he was crushing live animals oh like god horny toads and birds oh. and like it's like what what and so the fact that that guy can go online and exist and have friends and a community built around the erotic fetish of crushing, crushing things with boots that to me is not what Marshall McLuhan envisioned for the no, internet to be. not at all you know at all you know and oh uh, oh yeah and it's crazy too because you know like because like it's like it's like one without the other kind of thing you know it's like it's like um, how do we have you know the our ability to communicate the way we do and like all this kind of thing and then also not allow the crazy crazy to exist and then you know I mean what is porn like you know something like 30% or 15% of the internet oh it's gotta be more than that yeah it's a monstrous (laughs) amount yeah it's like it's like a it's like a crazy crazy amount of you know of what we do is based on pornography and and like scandal yeah it's like the the most taboo subject in American culture like Pornography, it we and, deny you know, that it exists almost. And it's funny that you were talking about the uh, the reviewer guys because um, there's one of my favorite poems is this poem by uh, Rudyard Kipling. Hmm. You know Kipling? Um, he wrote uh, the Jungle Book. Oh, okay. And um, but he has this really cool poem that's called the Conundrum of the Workshop, and hmm. it's really awesome. And it's worth reading. It's great for artists too because the idea of the poem because I can't really say it, but I don't remember the lines. But hmm. it's like it's like um, you know, Adam, when Adam first was made and he took a stick and he drew something into the mud, it was this exhilaration because it was creation kind of, and it was the first time that man had ever created, and it was wonderful all until the devil, you know, came up behind him and whispered, it's pretty, but is it art? 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and then from there, the poem kind of devolves into the generations be- between that, between Cain and Abel, and then the aggression into regular people and into regular life. And that whole theme is a part of what we do. Like, you make something and it's wonderful and it means so much to you, but then the minute that it hits the air, there's that, there's that people's love judgment. of yeah, judgment. People love people love judgment more than they love creation. And it's been, uh, yeah, I agree. And it's, yeah, and I mean, I mean, look at American Idol and things like that. These little shows, nobody loves the show as much as they love people. Well, the who, first who dislike the show, you know, what I'm saying like the, the, the like the what's his name, Simon Cowell, Simon and all Cowell. Like, you know, Simon Cowell just spiraled this whole world of negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, and people love the negativity. You know? well, well, the first few weeks of that show, leading up until the actual competition, is just judging the people that aren't good enough. And yeah, it's just fun making it. fun of people. It's just, <laughs> it's just show. It's like a, it's like a, a nationally, unbelievably televised show about making fun it's, of people so who are trying, right? Who are trying? These people like came in there and they tried. You know, and they tried to make something, and you laughed at them. All you do is laugh at them. You yeah. know, and it's it's crazy. You yeah. know, it's it's very and ugly. you know, and what's 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 most fucked up about uh, that is that it's not just an ugly concept for stupid people, but it's unfortunately essential because what judgment does is it create exclusivity, right? Which creates value, right? Which is really horrible because it's inescapable. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the fact that you, that, that like everyone judges all these things and you drive to the best burger place to try the best burger, mm-hmm. that's based on judgment. Yeah. But that's then a whole, you're that, judging. That's, you're judging. You're part of the game. And you immediately have decided that all the other places aren't as good. This guy's the best. And you're going to go there specifically because you want to have the best burger. And I'm going to be honest. I want to have the best burger. I want to try the best burger in mm-hmm. the world. But it's, the negativity is what created the concept of the best burger in the world. Yeah, you know? and and then when you get to that burger place, you have the burger, then you judge whether or not it was in line with your taste. Right, like, exactly. oh, well, it wasn't the best burger. Oh, it wasn't that good. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but then yeah. It, it's right. It's exclusivity. Like, it's there's a hole in the right. wall burger place that doesn't get all the notoriety, and it has the best burger. But you never right. know until you hear the voices say that this is exactly. The and best you know, burger. and do we all play that game? And it's terrible, and I mean, I'm a big film it's, guy and a comic weird. guy, but I have I have certain guys I judge against. I go, well, I read a book by that guy a long time ago, and it was terrible, so I'm not going to read it again. You know what I mean? Sure. And I mean, maybe that's even deeper in terms of like of like a fight or flight. You know, you're you're understanding the world around you, kind of thing, and thinking that didn't taste good. It's probably not good for me, but that tasted great. I'd like to have that. You know, um, but. At the end, of, you know that's getting way deeper on it than it is. But at the end of the day, like you know, that cr- criticism is the driving force behind creation, and it's horrible. But it's it's one without the other. It's the it's the nasty evil head of what we do. You know what I mean? Uh, judgment and criticism. Yeah, and it's and it's sort of and it's essential. And it is, is essential. So that's my that's like what I want to call the podcast is like crit tank. Or crit something. tank, yeah, something yeah, like that's that. good. Yeah, that's good. Because to me, that was my favorite part of even being in school. Was like criticism, crit, crit day. All right, let's go to crit. Yeah, and no, no, crit is like, great. All right, let's go, let's hit it. And I'd be in there, and I, I know I'm talking on a microphone, and I teach, and I mm-hmm. stood in front of kids, and I do art appreciation. Mm-hmm. I hate public speaking, and so being in that room, being forced to talk about something personal. 
is so rewarding. It's so oh, hard, yeah, oh, but, yeah. it's, but rewarding. rewarding. Yeah. And so, to me, it was a very pra- pragmatic decision. It was like, okay, well, we're here for three hours in the studio. We have to critique each other's work. Right. If we're all going to sit here and not talk, let's be real. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get it going. I want to mm-hmm. get home. Like, so I would just start saying. No, stuff. I mean criticism's. It, you know, it, it's it's crazy it's healthy. because it's one hundred percent healthy. It's totally but part of it. You know, it and it's motivating. It know? is motivating. It's very motivating. I mean, like you know, like my critique of my own self and the critique of people around me is what makes me keep going. Right. And it's what makes me not satisfied. And being satisfied immediately ends your career. Because art is not a thing about being satisfied. Art has oh, a, no. you know, very little to do with being satisfied. Uh, very little you know? of life is... I mean, life is typically chasing satisfaction and... Exactly. Being on one side of it. And going back to TED Talks from people that I can't remember. But <laughs> I, I think his name is Aaron... Uh, his last name's escaping me. But basically it's all about seeking satisfaction and um, uh, working towards something like if you're always going to be on oh well if I just get the promotion or if I just get this painting right. done or if I oh, if I just get this you're never going to be happy you have to enjoy what you're doing in that moment and you have to sort of take the bad and the good it's like okay well you completed this product if you're just going to sit away from it and not listen to people's reaction to it like you're not committing the whole yeah you're not in love with it yeah there's right. no and also there's no like there's no long term motivation I mean like if you want to reach a level and then stop that's not any kind of life because the problem is there will never you'll never be su- sustained you know and the true like if you're a, if you're a Buddhist and the idea of enlightenment is the true enlightenment is that there's no such thing as enlightenment you know and like and that's kind of the thing is that like you realize that, like, you know, and one of my favorite moments of, of being an artist was, man, whenever I, uh, um, like, I, I went to my parents, like, about two and a half years ago, which isn't very long, but I was like, look, uh, don't, you know, don't ask me to do anything else, you know, like, don't, you know, like, you know, I was like, don't ask me to, like, like, you know, look, I'm an adult now, I know what I want, this is my road, I'm choosing it, whether it goes well or doesn't go well. What did they want for you? Nothing too much. They were always really cool, but like I said, I never finished college, and and then also they were worried about. My dad's an accountant, mm. so he was worried about money, and the idea of being a full fledged artist all the time scared kind of everybody. Even my mom. <laughs> my mom is hyper supportive, and she's great, and she's really wonderful. But she always secretly was like, "Okay, but you know, I don't want you to die." You yeah. know, like and and, um, and I get it. It's, it's a that's a scary thing and that's a scary thing for a lot of people too is like and, and I think that's a big hang up for a lot is that failure to launch on mm. just like throwing yourself into it but after I told them that it kind of gave me clarity because I realized that no matter what if this goes well great I'm being honest if this doesn't go well I'm gonna be an artist you know what I mean <laughs> so like you know I mean like I will go you know and, and what's nice is it, it freed me from that feeling of success or, or being finished mm-hmm I'll literally never be finished and I'll never be successful. And and even if I'm am successful, I'm not I'll never be done, you know? It's like it's like I've I've come to terms with the fact that there is no end date. That this this goes until I die and that's it, you and know. Most people would see that as really scary. It's super scary. <laughs> it's super scary, but you know what? There's actually more freedom in it because totally. then, because then there's no rush. Mm-hmm. There's no um, there's no judgment, you know? Like, you have your whole life to solve the problem, you know, and you never will, so who yep. cares, you know? So, like, it's just, 
all it is now, all it is is minor successes. All it is is little, little, little great moments. You know, steps up a ladder that exists forever. You know, and so there's like um, that. You know, there's a lot of freedom in that. It's like, look, I know that there is no top, so I don't care if I ever get there. Whereas other people have this judgment on their life, they're always putting this heaviness on yeah. themselves that they haven't reached where they're supposed to be. Like that they have to be somewhere today or tomorrow or the next day. And that's not true at all. You know what I mean? Like you, you, there's nowhere you're going to be that you're going to be done. You're going to hit that point and you're going to love it. And then you're going to immediately want something else. Yep. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, slow down, be honest, you know, like just get there when you can and yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, and what's weird is this made me work harder because I know fear. I know more fear of, 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 of how it looks. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's it is freeing. I think it, it's all in moderation because you know, um, what's the lead singer of Pink Floyd's name? Why can't I think of it right now? Oh, I don't know either. Yeah. Well, whatever. He, he's sort of famously known for saying, or or he's more famous for like being in bed all the time. It's just like he saw him getting up and doing one project was a waste uh, he, it, it prevented him from doing all of these other ideas and projects so inevitably he yeah. never did anything right and you know if if you're on the same or on the other side of it like if you're you're worried about getting this one thing done like I want to be the head of this firm or I want to be whatever right. like you're right there's something else always like that's what drives successful people is right. not because they became uh, the head, uh, the head of their department, and then the manager, and then right. like it's, it's the next thing. They were always in. They were always uh, again, you know, into the next thing, right. you know. Um, and it, we, I think, as a culture, we put a lot on happiness, and really, what we want is contentment. Yeah. And it's contentment's in the moment. Right. You have to be okay with you right now. Now you might be lagging a little bit behind. I know. I I feel like I was. Probably a year ago, I was like, man, I don't, you know, I don't have a steady job. I've got right. to work three jobs. I've got, you know, all this art I want to take care of. But, you know, I, I took a day at a time, and I, I try not to let it immobilize me. Yeah, you can't, you know, and you and you know what, you know, another thing that's really cool is my girlfriend's a fashion designer, mm-hmm. and and she was like a nurse, and then she was like, I don't want to be a nurse. Yeah, I want to be a fashion designer. So she did this big uplift in her life and wrecked everything, and then she was freaking out about it. And she was like, well, we live in this little apartment, and we make no money, and how are we going to do that? I was like, Madison, I was like, where, when was the last time you saw or heard about an artist who made it, and they came from a, a pretty decent little gated community <laughs> with a nice, like, 2012 Toyota Corolla, you know what I mean? Like, no, but yeah. that's not how it works, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a it's squalor and and, yeah. and 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 struggle and then value you know what I mean yeah. like and that's it it's the only way there you know what I mean like and so um, that's exciting it's cool it's you know it's and and those in everybody's opinion or most artists' opinion is when you know like the magic happens you know totally. that's what that's the coolest part of life so don't blow through it you know and like enjoy the the struggle because you know you won't struggle later and you know. And you know it's kind of like um, uh, it's kind of like um, there's an episode of that show Louis Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. show, and there's this kind of part where he said he's sad and his girlfriend leaves him and he's 
upset and then uh, his upstairs neighbor is like I'm like 86 I would kill to be heartbroken you know what I'm saying like, because that's it I mean that's like being alive it's magic yeah. like whenever you're like afraid and, and scared and unsure of yourself and like lost you know that is that is being alive you know what I mean like that's all the cool stuff later you won't be you know so well, later you, you'll be fine you know you'll be happy and it'll be simple and it'll be easy and it won't be as exciting you know you'd, you'd basically be Justin Bieber could you imagine having success at 15 or whatever however successful he is you would turn into an asshole and then like, what do you do like you, you're done there's no there's no, there's no magic left yeah. you know you can touch anything you want you can be anything you want and that it, sounds beautiful but it's like playing a video game with cheat codes on exactly it's like well that game got boring yeah. you know Super and that's cool. the way life would be you know and that's you know who wants that you know nobody wants that you know and I, it's so funny that you were talking about um, um, I can't remember what you said you said something to remind me of something but I think it's also interesting um, the idea of knowing what you want to do hmm. you know or which dream you're going to chase like mm-hmm. the painting that I just did for the gallery night that I sold with, mm-hmm. it was like this kind of woman with a lot of arms and she's kind of multitasking and that's the feeling of it but it's based on this Sylvia Plath poem because recently uh. I had this real dark day and I talked to my friend D. Dee Lara, who's a oh, she was the there. exhibitionist. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. there. She did a great job. She sold out of her works that night, and she's a great artist and stuff. But we talked, and she, and I was like, well, I don't know what I want to be. Do I want to be a painter? Do I want to be a sculptor? Do I want to do this? And there's that whole idea in art that you have to pick your road and define yourself by it, and that's how people know who you are. And um, that's kind of hard, you know, because yeah. who the hell knows, you know? And um, But she sent me this really cool... Uh, excerpt from the bell jar so oh, yeah. Sylvia Plath and that's what that piece was about and it's like this thing about Sylvia Plath laying under um, a fig tree and each mm. fig represents different things one fig is like um, a husband and kids and then another fig tree is an English teacher another fig tree is a famous poet and another fig tree for her was like a guy named like Antonio who lives in Italy you know what I mean like mm. and like you know and all these different options it's a really beautiful thing and it's like all these different things even like being a race car driver or whatever crazy things like and every fig every represented a different road but as she yeah. sat there the fig started to wither yeah okay and she starved kind of she starved because she never picked one so right. there's a little bit of that where you just got to pick a road so and like go a down pink it, you know yeah. yeah so it's kind of like the pink Floyd guy exactly and and so he didn't want to move because he was choosing an option and negating all the rest you know and right and that's no good you don't want to do that because um you know um, you have to, you have to, you have to pick a road, and then you can go down the road, and then you can go. This is the worst idea, and then leave the road, and then go down a different road. That's fine. That's all. That's okay. You can go down eight roads, nine, twenty, thirty roads in your life, but you have to pick one, and then stay on that one until you've realized whether you should be there, and then you jump shit, you know. But not until you know. Don't just like wait. Don't just sit there and go. Well, I'm not going to do anything because I don't know which road to take. Just pick yeah. one, and then it's fine if it's a mistake. It's okay. Exactly. You know? uh, I mean, I've done everything, you know. And it's, uh, I think it's Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to sound like an idiot. But okay, yeah, it's Sid good. Barrett. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I think we've sort of exhausted that that topic. I think for for sure. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it, it, yeah. just definitely don't. Don't not believe in yourself and don't 
Don't it's, worry too much about where you're going to be. Just our just podcast enjoy. is really like you know motivational. Yeah, you know what I mean? Great. Like <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be so motivational, but it's motivational. Um, we're still talking. <laughs> but so I don't know. Just real quick, the last question, I guess. Sure. When you're saying, like, you get this inspiration from like the Sylvia Plath poem, mm-hmm. is it? I mean, personally, okay, here's where my, my inspiration will come from, either song lyrics, and I sort of get this feeling of, like, imagery, and other times it's all about um, something going on with society that I want to make a comment about, or or maybe it's some just random road that I took down the internet, and I grab all these images along the way. Yeah, yeah. So, not to just ask this question a second time, but, like, how... Where are so? Where do you see your work going? Do you want to pull more oh, from yeah. a connection with uh, literature? Do you want to pull it from? Because I think that that connection where the the mm-hmm. the, the poem mirrored what's happening in your life resulted in a wonderful product. So yeah, and you know you know what's really cool is I'll say this that 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 painting was started before that poem made anything. And I think that this is interesting because I always love this because 90% of the time the ideas that you start on mean nothing. You know, they're just they're just a cool idea or they're just something that for some reason speaks to you. And then as you go down the road, the value creates itself. And it's totally fine to make work that means nothing. Because I know that's a weird thing. A lot of artists don't say that. They're like, oh, well, this meant all this and you're supposed to have all this big thesis about what you make. But that's not true. Most of the time in the beginning, you just make something. You just make the thing that sounds cool to you or sounds interesting to you or you like this imagery or you like that or reminds you of this thing and whatever. And then as you go, you know, like, like so for instance, like the, the painting I painted, I took this a lot of pictures of this girl and I liked where they were going to go and I kind of combined them and I started working on it and then I found the truth in the making of it, you know. And so that is that is like kind of the way that I want to work is always just kind of Start somewhere and then end somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily be constricted by, like, this is the concept and that I want to execute that concept. Because that hinders whatever else might come out of it. So it's fine to be at zero and then end at a real number and not start with a fully finished concept. And a lot of artists and a lot of people in art think that it should be this, it should be, like, this thought-out thing. And they want to know that you believed in this Mm -hmm. long before and it, it drove you to make this thing. But that's not the case. Do you, for me, ever. Do you think yeah. other artists expect you or the viewer in The general? viewer or the world kind of wants, they want their artists to be like affected and, mm-hmm. to be, and to be influenced and to be emotional and to produce based on that. But that's not reality. You know, reality is sometimes things just collect in you and you just kind of throw them, you throw them up, you know, and then you realize what they mean later. You know what I mean? So you just kind of just do it. You know, without any total regard for where it's going to go, and then it makes sense like as you, as you go. You know, what I mean, it's not always a fully finished idea. At least not for me. At least you know, that's how I go. It's like sometimes it's just kind of like, well, I don't know. This this seems interesting, and it feels like this to me. And for some reason, I want to try it. And then you try it, and then it's like, oh, okay, now I get this. Now I understand where I'm going to go. And then you layer it and you solve it. And then when it's done, so it's like art, the whole art, all of the career, and each individual work is like an equation without a real answer. Mm-hmm. So you don't care about one plus two mm-hmm. 
but whenever you find the answer, once you know, it's kind of like a, uh, a mystery novel. Like the novel means nothing to you on the first page, but by the end of it, you care about all the characters and you're glad it was solved. You know what I mean? So there's no value at the beginning, and there's all the value at the end. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean that that product. So I don't think there's any way to begin with understanding what you're doing. You know? Interesting. I mean, at least for me. Well, I, I <clears throat> the last watercolor piece that I did, I I'm a big fan of uh, Felipe Pantone, mm. um, street artist. Uh, I like Royd and SK. Mm. Um, just these guys doing so much with style that I never... Like, I, I feel like I have my own style, but these guys have an execution and a style that is them. Like, oh, yeah. it's almost like... Yeah, you know, I don't know. I know what you mean exactly, and and so I want to, I wanted to try and kind of co-opt or adapt some of their the elements of their style into mine a little bit. Of so, course. So I did a piece uh, that I assembled together, and uh, Monica hates it. She thinks it's the worst thing I've ever done. But for me, you know, putting mm-hmm. it together was it was new and exciting because right. Usually, I like to put things together because well, for like the aforementioned. Uh, Cosby piece it's like okay well you know I sat in a sketchbook and I I said okay I want these things contained within the image and I want it composed this way it's like I went to so far as like photoshop the whole thing mm-hmm. basically and this one I photoshop but from where I pulled the references and the images it wasn't so much as like I was on a hunt for things specific like I knew I wanted a Cosby piece or a Cosby image where it, it would be Effectual, and I wanted Jesus Christ, and I wanted, you know, French fries. So I like, I sought out these images, and this new piece, which I don't know what it's about. Like, I, yeah, you know, nobody knows. To me, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like you said, I kind of came up with an idea that it's about, I don't know, like over sexualization. Right, it doesn't have to be. And right, and then later, sometimes you can solve it in it. Or honestly, it may not even be for you. I think that art is not even for the artist, really, fully. You know, I mean, like. That's why, like, it was super lame when George Lucas changed Star Wars because yes. that's not his movie. That's my movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, me and everybody else in the world who grew up watching it, that's our movie. We own it. You don't. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's exactly how it works. Like, I'll never get to see my work for the first time. I'll never get to be impacted by it. Period. Yeah. You know, never. I'll only know it the way I know it. And so, like, a little bit of that, it's fine. Like, the, the existence of a, of, a, of a meaning can sometimes just exist for the person who sees it. And so you can be like solving something or trying something or just figuring something out and you just throw up on it and then it comes out and then somebody else finds themselves in it, you know, and their value on it is more important than yours will ever be because you were just reflecting or just moving or just trying. You're the facilitator. You're just a facilitator of the thought, you know, right. and, and, and for them, it's they're, they're the creator of the thought, you know. So it's all theirs. There's the ownership is based on the people who see it, the audience. You know, in my yeah. Opinion, so. um, God, I can't remember if it was a movie or if it was a painting, but essentially, the viewers saw the work, and it wasn't the intention. Oh, what was it? It was a movie for sure. It was either. No, it's horribly bad for me to just silently think right now, but. Right. Um, essentially the movie 
was meant to be a certain way from the director and the audience inferred it a whole different way a whole different way and so the argument is there is like okay well we know from the director's intent that he said it is this so if you understood it to be this then you're wrong it's like well no no fuck you it le- exactly <laughs> it left the studio Excuse left the me. Edit yeah, yeah sorry I said that but like yeah exactly I mean that's 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 ridiculous you know yeah. it's it's me as the viewer I have the power and that, it's like anti Jackson Pollock Eric Jackson Pollock was holding it was like my concepts are the most valuable so that's all that matters but that's not true that's not true at all it's like uh, the guy the person who sees its value is the one that matters it doesn't matter what you mean you know because you're not the one who gets to see it you're not the one who gets to enjoy it you know Ooh. <laughs> yeah and I, I think it and it goes back to judgment and it goes back to you know what right. we're yeah we've been we ran around on it but basically it's that yeah it's like it's uh you know like it's I think it I think that's too it's also a lot of pressure for young artists and for people who are trying stuff to think that they have to have value or have to have like this like message in their work and all the colleges and stuff promote this feeling that like you have to you have to find a truth in yours because people want to know that and that's true in terms of buying stuff people like the other night when I sold the pieces they're like will you tell me what this means and you know and for a couple of pieces I was like yeah I, this means this to me and then for a couple of pieces I was like I have no idea the hell is that. I don't know what that means. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that is, I don't know. It, what it means is that I wanted to try that, and I tried it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like... Keep in, for yourself for once. Yeah. Oh, Monica's joined us. Hey, Monica. <laughs> Sorry. Monica. <laughs> Monica's in, for sure. Exactly. Okay. So that's, you know, that's that's where I think that value is, you know, is like, it's it's based on the perceivers, not the creator. You know, the creator, creator doesn't know. It's like your kids. It's like right. you you have kids, and you love the kids. But your understanding of what they become has nothing to do with you. You know, what I mean? like you think it does, but later they just decide and they just become whatever you want. You're like you're, yep. you know, you are a football player. You want your kid to be a football player. Well, nope, he's an artist. You know, what I mean, it doesn't matter to you because the world is what interprets them, and not you know, you know. Yeah, I wonder how many, you know, works of art from old masters that we just get completely wrong like oh that happens all the time and I love that you know especially the whole new thing where we figured out that Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio Leonardo DiCaprio yeah uh, uses a team to paint his paintings you know oh they uh, he had to have he da had da to Vinci. yeah no I know I'm just kidding just to clarify um, but yeah da Vinci, da Vinci like his whole thing is that he had a kind of a school and so he would absolutely you know and he was so and, and also this is a good chance to make this point on, on a podcast I hate that in every other art form, in music and in film, you have to claim help from everybody involved. But right. in art, you don't. don't. Yeah. You don't, man. I mean, like people like Anish Kapoor and Ai Weiwei, you know, and Kehinde Wiley. Yeah. There's no claim. There's no, there's no representation of the people that helped them create it. And I know it's because they bought it out or whatever. They, they like, they, they like, they contracted it out like a lot like an architect would and so architects are kind of the same way sometimes but when you look at an architect's piece you obviously know he didn't just like well <laughs> that himself but with the artist people are are tricked because they don't know so especially Kehinde like you don't know that he you know used other people to help him. and it's not negative it's just that there should be more uh, laws on on you know like and enforcing credit you know or something for know? all the crap that Jeff Koons gets for essentially not touching 
any of his work. Yeah, Iowa Way too. It, he even he's like he's like I don't even like to be there for the making I'll, of my I'll work. Have the you know? do it. Yeah, I want the villagers <laughs> to do it yeah. because they have life in them or something. Yeah, you know? this is this is what they do anyway. So now there's mm-hmm. and recontextualize. I mean, there's a whole podcast there with all the stuckists yeah. and yeah, yeah. just them making work based on these concepts and then getting ridiculously uh, overbought for so much money and now you can see like Damien Hurst prices are just going through the floor now like right so yeah it's it's interesting and I, I think that new uh, what is it the the Van Gogh movie coming out um, oh right it was literally painted by all these artists so mm-hmm. you better realize like all these artists are going to be in the credits and they will for sure because it's a film and there's right. laws you know there's rules you have to list everybody in a movie or you're super duper in trouble and you're gonna get the crap suit out of you but that doesn't exist in art oh yeah right? yet you do a fan a piece of fan art from an intellectual property don't change a thing and you don't have to claim anything like, yeah, you don't have to like reference bob kane and be like thanks for batman you know what i mean like yeah. you, know, you don't have to or any of those guys, you know, nobody's like, you know, like Joel Schuster. Thanks for making Superman, even though I just use his logo. You and know, like a famous person, thanks for doing your art. I'm just gonna paint your portrait. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God, that's the worst. It's, and you know what? I even did it. I have a Kendrick painting. I, mean, I, I love I Kendrick have, Lamar. I have a Kendrick drawing. Like, yeah. You know, I'm a big Kendrick guy, yeah, and I have a Kendrick painting. And my my secret hope though is people try to buy it, and I'm just gonna keep it because one day. I'm gonna yeah, get to but I'm gonna find. I'm gonna get there. Yeah, and I'll meet him and get to him. I'm super in love with the guy. He does great things. He's running. running Just what he does, Instagram you know? and post it on. Yeah, I have. I have. But eventually, I'll I'll get there. You know, yeah. I'll meet somebody who knows him or something. You know. But it it lies on the other side of the line that it's in a style that I think is changed enough from whatever original image it was. Yeah, I mean it's 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 changed but it's still, you know, it's it's still what it is and the in the contextual nature of it is the people go, "Whoa, that's cool. That's Kendrick Lamar." You know what I mean? Like what however I painted it and whatever I did. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, it, it goes just... back to our thing where we're talking about pop culture including it in your work. It's hard because that's who you are. It's honesty, but then also at the same time, you know, its effectiveness is based on its power already in the, the world. The recognizability yeah. and people yeah. want to recognize that they already know. The, it existing exactly. in the zeitgeist. I'm familiar with this. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I need it. So, I mean, but you can't, you can't do anything about that. No. You know, it's kind of, you know, Slayers. I mean, thanks for Wu-Tang Clan because they did that crap out of that. You know, I mean, like when I was a kid and I was reading comics and nobody understood me and then Wu-Tang Clan was like, Iron Man and the Hulk, you know, and I was like, oh, this, these guys get me, you know, and I, and, and they, and I felt alive and I loved it, but they, you know, that was that kind of concept, it, you know. I think that's a beautiful example of like how we are products of this consumerist. I mean, just entity. Like we we consume our own culture through not only just nostalgia, but I mean, I mean, a lot of the comic book love comes from nostalgia. Those guys grew mm-hmm. up reading those comic books, but it is. I mean, you can't you can't separate that. This is part of my life, like. I mean, I guess you could say it's almost as, the same as like um, uh, Millet uh, or Millet, Corbet. Mm-hmm. Those those guys who did realism. It's like, okay, well, this is part of my life. Is this right. popular culture, quote unquote? It's like, right. no, these guys are breaking rocks in a field. These and, are the guys I know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm drawing from things that are close by, relatable, and known universally. Mm-hmm. So if you break it down to those general elements, it's like, okay, well, I'm painting figures of people that are in, uh, are perceived by other people in the culture on a wide 
right. scale, but these people are made up and yeah, superheroes. Yeah, exactly. And you know what's even crazier is the guy who, guys who created superheroes were inspired by other people in town. Like, Tony Stark comes from Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. That's where he comes from. The little tiny mustache and the concept of the billionaire who has all the money, well, you know. It's sense. exactly, you know, he's a Howard Hughes ripoff. And then the Joker comes from... Uh, um, that like silent film about the jester thing that was a big deal. I can't. I, can't, I feel bad. Mm. I can't remember the. Je- but it's it. Everybody, you know, their art, which has now become, you know, so embedded in our culture, comes from another thing before that. And so you know, I don't know. It's, and, and that's all of, a dark hole. You know right. what I mean? Like you know, like your inspiration comes from something else, which comes from something else. And we are, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying that I can't really study you know Michelangelo or Vasquez or like Caravaggio because they are pop culture you know what I mean and they are pop culture because they're 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 human culture you know what I mean so right there's it's just that's a slippery slope it's kind of like both but not you know what I mean like you know you can't ever create something without it being influenced by something else totally. but you also have to figure out how your influence is manifested you know, you know? yeah yeah, I co-opting think it to make it your own yeah. for me it's, it's all about intent and mm-hmm. like what you're yeah exactly that's trying it. to communicate like if you're intending to rip somebody off then you'll rip them off but if you're intending to use this person from popular culture in a way that makes a statement um, then it, it's better and then the maybe the closer you get to an actual personal belief, then the better, but it's so hard these days because you're right. Everything, everything's been done. It's influenced exactly, by exactly, you know. And I, I think that I think that um, uh, the lack of intent is more important than any intent because the guys who are going to rip it off already know what they're doing, right? You know, the guys who aren't going to rip it off have no idea what they're doing. They're just they're just recycling their own existence, kind of a thing, you know. And I'm going to run to the bathroom. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I know I'm on the recording and I shouldn't go to the restroom and the recording. Well, how about we oh, yeah. how about we end it? Right yeah, we can now. end it. This is a good spot. So yeah, we've been talking for a while. Yeah. Um so we'll we'll pick this up at a later date. I uh, appreciate thank thank you thank for Jay. letting me come. It was really fun, you know, and I love it. And throw out the date for uh Bobby on Drums. Bobby on Drums, May twenty eighth, and the hundred dollar show is April twenty third. John Worley is gonna be in it and so is Monica. Awesome. Monica Wright. Yeah, Monica Wright. All right. Thanks, Jay. Peace. 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 All right. That does it for episode one. Thanks to Jay Wilkinson for being the first interview. And thanks to Duck Armstrong for doing the original music with his band El Bujo Cosmico. Special thanks to you, the listener. Thank you so much for listening and supporting what we're doing here. We're going to have more interviews and get into a more regular rhythm with having some co-hosts join me here in studio. And we're going to drop episodes bi-monthly, so be on the lookout for more interviews. Uh, Again, those tips and tricks, the product placements or product features. And go out and see Bobby on Drums, May 28th. And also, we've got some local shows uh, coming up with Art Hunger. So check out our Facebook page and our website, both at art-hunger.com, or if you're on Facebook, art-hunger. And I've been John Worley, and this has been Crit Tank. See you next time.